like, it was so fucking funny. And, and <laughs> every time, like, even thinking about it now, I'm going to fucking pee myself. It's so Honestly, like... He's turned into such a wiener. <laughs> like, that's kind of like, we found the role for Nick. Nick, he's turned into such a wiener. And it's spooky month, and it's more spooky cinematography. And it is me, Danny. Hello, 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 hello. And with me is Sam. Help! Help! And also, we have another guest, uh, Mikeru. Is Good here. evening. Yay, Mike! <laughs> Yay! Yay! This is this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. Um, we are doing um, Halloween Town and the Craft movie reviews, and I'm excited. Yeah, double double feature. Yeah, double science fiction. Late nineties double Ooh. extravaganza. Yes. Double, yeah, nineties. 96 and 98, <laughs> apparently, or something like that. Mike, Mike was like, yeah, I'm going to watch The Crash when I get home. And then he was like, okay, I finished it, those super 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my yes. gosh. All the 90s vibe, especially mm-hmm. in The Craft, for Yeah, sure. I saw so mm-hmm. up until the weekend, I hadn't actually seen these two films. So this is my first time experiencing, well, Halloween Town, it doesn't surprise me, but The Craft, I guess. It's kind of a, you know, big uh, big hole in my cinematography history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, I mean, we can get into it. I, I have a few things about my history with the craft and everything like that okay. too. So, um, but yeah. Uh, before that, um, I want you guys to go on Spotify and give us a rating. Because we want to get to 100 ratings so that we can do our live stream. And so that I can do my stupid school days review. So stupid. That I'm not looking forward to, but... It's going to be funny. It is. Including international (laughs) listeners, please. I did it. I'm from Canada. So you can do it too. Yes. Yes, yes. Get it up there. Um, But yeah. Let's... Let's dive right in and we're gonna do uh halloween town first and then we'll do the craft after yeah this is a pretty funny double feature because like they're like halloween town is like yeah halloween town is like a family film and then the craft is like a supernatural teen horror kind of where it's like yeah like which like it's not that scary, really. It's mostly just the end part. It's, it's just, like, suspenseful kind of thing. I, but it came out in that time where, like, 90s teen movies were, like, big, right? Like, the like Jawbreaker and yeah, not another teen movie making fun of the all Lost of them. And Boys. Lost Boys. There was a lot of, like, yeah. drug films I remember around this time. Because you had, like, where well, maybe this is earlier 90s, but, like, Train Spotting and uh, Go and yeah. stuff like that. And it kind of, like, it's not quite in there, but it kind of reminds me of that sort of... Like, it's kind of dark-ish, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't have a very good look at teens. It's like, 
They're just out there f fucking around and on tr Oh, shoot. <gasps> I'm sorry. Is this a G-rated podcast? The no. Oh, okay. No. Sure. <laughs> the craft is an yeah. R is is R rated, and we're gonna be talking Sorry, about I'm, that. I'm so. on other podcasts yeah. sometimes, and it's just like I can just hear my uh, friend swearing now because he has to edit out. He has to beep up my my f word. But anyways, <laughs> no. Anyway. Mike already <laughs> forgot. This is not his first time on the podcast. He was on the Lolly oh, yes. Smackdown. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. very uh, <laughs> yeah. very high class uh, discussion that we had there. Mm. So yeah. You should sub to Mike and his channel, by the way. It's cool anime merch. I need to maybe maybe I should produce some modern videos. Kai is uh, producing circles around me lately, and I need to get on that. Yeah. Uh, catch catch up. up. Speaking of catching up, so Halloween Town. What's Danny? What's your history of this this movie? Um. Yes. Yeah, so I watched this when it was on the Disney Channel. Um, Halloween Town is a 1998 Disney Channel original movie directed by Duran uh, Dunham. Uh, it was the first installment of the Halloween Town series, uh, starring W. Reynolds, uh, Kimberly J. Brown, Joey Zimmerman, and Judith Hogg. Um, and it centers around um, a teenager named Marnie and. On her 13th birthday, she learns that she is a witch um, and she discovers a secret portal that transport that, that transports to Halloween Town, which is a magical place with ghosts and ghouls and witches and werewolves and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, this this movie is pretty much what I think about what when Halloween comes around. Yeah, me too. And yeah. <laughs> so, Son, so, did you also see this like in the in the time on Disney Channel kind of thing? I guess. It's... Yeah. So like. Oh, no, sorry. I was gonna go say. Ahead. I guess it's the only place you could have seen it back then. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no I was just gonna say yeah, because um, I grew up like I'm. Me and Daniel are the same age, so like our childhoods around fiction are pretty oh, similar. Okay. And so, like, um, DCOMs, or Disney Channel original movies, like, which people get confused about all the time on which what's a DCOM and what's not. But a DCOM is, like, it's written, directed, made, produced for Disney Channel. So, like, it's a full-length film produced for that channel. And mm -hmm. so Halloween Town was, like, I think they started doing them in, like, it was the fourth. Know. It was the fourth installment. I just looked Halloween. Just looked, Halloween Town was the fourth in installment of um, the movies. Of yeah, because the, the Disney Channel movies. They started doing them in the eighties, but they were those films were like, they were like straight to video, but premiered on Disney mm. Channel, and so they weren't. Those weren't DComs, and DComs were like in the late nineties, and yeah, Halloween Town comes after Brink, which is a great fucking movie, Brink. but like. A lot of these Disney Channel original movies are like, like if you ask anyone who's like probably me or Danny's age or a little older, a little younger, they'll tell you like, no, these movies are like my childhood, like literally. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. <clears throat> Halloween Town was like the the second like um, Halloween related one, and then the one before that was like the technically the first one called Under Wraps, which is about a mummy. 
Yes. Um, and this was before they started doing like the the almost one a month, one every two months kind of Holy thing. Smokes. Because like there was a there, yeah, there was a while where they were like doing them one a month. So like they came out with like ten or twelve each year. But yeah, Halloween Town was like the first one where it's like no, this is like Halloween and um yeah, I like this one. I like this one a lot. The characters are really good. Even the side characters are really good. It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. I rewatched it like. I think like a year ago, and this is before. Actually, you know what? I watched it about a year ago, like before I had Disney Plus, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah." And I I found it online somewhere because I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have Disney mm. Plus, and, and um, yeah, I was like, "Yeah, this is still good." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then me and Trisha like, uh, we really love the craft, so like we watch that probably once a year or so but yeah halloween town is yeah i think mike this was like after mike's time so probably. Not i would like carbon date yeah mike, Car- but... a i didn't have access to the disney <laughs> channel b like i was out of like i dropped out of disney channel before even goof troop came along just to kind of give you an idea oh come on I, what, what do you want you know i was i got into the anime and i i know such a we're I, I, <laughs> I was such a I was such a terrible weeb at that age, you know, like where you're like, ooh, Western cartoons, that's gross. I only watch anime, and so yeah, like I yeah, that was around the time Goof Troop came out and the Goof movie and all that, and so I'm I missed out from that point forward basically, and so I was 19, so you can imagine I was off getting into trouble, not really worrying about what's coming out on the Disney Channel when that came out. So yeah. No, that's probably around the age where I was like not watching Cartoon Network or Disney Channel or anime. Yeah, even. I started and like falling Nickelodeon it. too. Yeah. It, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah, you start falling out of it. It's like older. Oh, I don't like the new gen stuff. Whatever kind of thing. You yeah, know? you kind of yeah. become like a a, a punk hipster. So Except like, regular mm-hmm. show. I was watching regular show because regular show is good. But yeah, I started becoming like whatever I'm into Star Trek now. Or something I don't fucking know. Like it's <laughs> But yeah, Halloween Town's good. Halloween Town's really good. Yeah. Um yeah. So you watched it you just watched it recently then. Like where did you watch it at? Did Disney, you watch it on- yeah, Disney Plus. We have access to it because okay. Lisa, my partner, is a huge Buffy fan and a huge like there's a lot of shows on there she really likes and uh like her mom and her are big hocus pocus fans, so they caught the new hocus pocus and all that jazz. Oh. Uh I watched it oh, last did you? night. It was mm-hmm. so good. Yes. Oh, let's I loved it. let's also do. No, I'm just joking. We can't do. <laughs> yeah, I'll have that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't think Sam has seen it yet. Okay, no, so we yet. gotta be quiet, anyways. Uh, you know, we can't yeah. talk about how they don't. Do, do, no, wait. Um. So. <laughs> I'm just being an ass. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, my question to you is: Did I watch the? Because I noticed there's a couple of Halloween towns. This is the one with the overprotective mom, right? Yes. Okay. Good. Because yes. the way yeah. you're describing it, at first, I'm like, this doesn't quite sound like the thing I watched. Was that because like at first it's like the grandma comes and visits, and then they kind of follow the grandma to the magical yeah. bus, like, and then yeah, yeah. And Lisa yeah. described it. She's it, like, it was... what is this? The magic school bus combined with Harry Potter? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, so um, it's Halloween. Like the movie when the movie starts, it's Halloween already. Um, the Piper House is obviously not decked out in Halloween decorations. 
um, the Piper kids are just, especially Marnie, she's miserable. She's like, she admits she's the weird kid. She likes the weird stuff. She wants to go out and trick or treat like a normal kid and everything. And but her mom, Gwen, is just like, no, like there are things about Halloween that you just do not understand and and all that kind of stuff. So, and then that's when um, Gwen's mother, um, Aggie, who is Debbie Reynolds, um, she comes and visits. And gives the kids candy, costumes, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, much to much to the mom's chagrin, the mom knows what's up, and she's like, "I don't, yeah, I want yeah. none of this in the house. This yeah, is a Christian yeah. house. Get out." Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and and as the viewer of the movie, like, obviously, it's like, oh, so Gwen is a. We obviously know that Gwen is a witch. So, um, excuse me, and. You know, obviously, she doesn't want her kids to be exposed to, like, that life because she wanted to get away from it and everything. But that's not really, like, why um, Aggie came to visit. I mean, of course, to see the grandkids and everything. But there is actually some trouble going on in Halloween Town. There are some um, citizens of Halloween Town. They're, like kind of reverting back to how the old days were, where, like, ghouls and and all these, like, creatures were just, like, uh, sinister and and just, you know, being ghouls, really. But then all of a sudden they kind of, like, disappear off the face of the earth and Aggie doesn't know why that's happening. So she wanted her daughter to come and help, but... Of course, Gwen is a bitch, and she's like, "Nope, that I left that life. I'm not gonna do that. Sorry, mom. You're because Gwen on your and own. Aggie are witches. So yeah, yes. yeah. But Gwen doesn't want her family to like. She wants them to be normal people. Like she doesn't want to be. And it's weird. A witch she doesn't, doesn't really want... give a good explanation as to why she's like against her family. She's like, it's not like she had a traumatic experience. She's just like, no, I just don't want to be associated with you, bunch of weirdos, you know, or something. Yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, well, you kind of learn down the line that the reason why Gwen left Halloween Town was because she she actually went to the human world and she had her normal witch's clothes and she went to a Halloween party and that's kind of where she met her husband was at the Halloween party Uh and that's kind of like how Gwen just you know wanted to just live a normal life with no without magic and everything like that so yeah and we should like probably describe like halloween town is like um a dimension parallel to earth it's still on earth but it's just like it's not there you have to go through a travel by a different means to get there and it's just full of like danny said it's full of creatures but they're modernized so like a werewolf is just like a talking person like you and i and, like, the issue is is that they're reverting back to, like, their most primitive state, which is, like, you know, hungry werewolf, roar at you, kill you, 9,000. Yeah, yeah. But there's ghouls and zombies and witches, warlocks, wizards. Yep. Um, all that stuff. Pumpkin Face Johnson. Pumpkin, yeah, there's a lot of... And, there's a lot of... And the cab driver, Benny. Yes. Yeah, the, Benny. The, 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 the bad animatronics, <laughs> Benny. <laughs> 
where his like his face was kind of unca- like his face always had to be in motion. It was like why, like, why, 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 is, why? It's a skull doesn't work like that. Like what is going on? Yeah, yeah. His eyes, like his eyebrows, like kept going up and down. <laughs> but there's no eyebrows. It's just bones. His brow bones. His brow bones, his brow bones are going bones. up and down. And you're just like, this yeah. is weird, man. Kind of trippy. Um, yeah, I. What was it? Oh, darn. Okay, never mind. I forgot my point. Let's keep going. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Marnie overhears that, like, there's trouble, and they sneak on the bus that takes them there. Yeah, yeah. And then they go, they spend the time, they spend the movie in Halloween Town just having fun or whatever. And then, but then, like, that problem starts, like, coming. Yeah. The bad thing, as what Sophie calls it. Yeah. And then, and then mom comes along, and, uh, like, she's trying to take them back. Yeah, because mom figures, yeah, mom eventually. Ends up finding out that the kids aren't in bed, and so she kind of um, accused her mom for taking the kids, kidnapping to them. Yeah, yeah, like literally taking them to Halloween Town. And and Aggie's all like, "I did no such thing. They came on their own. They came to see me." So I guess it's um, I guess it's important to say the only way to get between Halloween Town and the regular rest of the world is you can only travel there to and from during Halloween. So yeah, oh, that's right. That's so, right. Yes. Yeah. So that's the li- yeah. That's honestly the only time that you are able to travel between worlds. Not only that, but um, two hours in the human world can be like two days or two weeks in Halloween Town. Mm. Yeah, the so, time dilation is different. Yeah. Yeah. Which explains why they're able to still all get back in time, even though like this starts like Halloween night kind of thing. Like they would, only, yeah, yeah. They don't have three hours regular time, like to to accomplish all this stuff. So, uh, which is why like Aggie has technically like lived so long, right? Uh, you know, yeah, because like she's super old, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, she definitely reminisces, remin reminisce. Is that right? Reminisces. I think reminisces. About like how you know uh, the olden days, where before um, you know Halloween Town even existed, and everything like that. So, oh. um, because her family, like Aggie's family, the Cromwell clan, is. A pretty powerful witch clan. Well, um, so like you start with the six, the three. Sorry, six. What am I saying? The three kids, right? So it's the older sister mm-hmm. who wants to be the witch. There's the brother yes. who is very sort of precocious and like very like. He's uh, the goody two shoes. He doesn't want to. Yeah, he's stuck up. <laughs> uh, look at me. I'm reading my geography books, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> Shall I give you some facts about spiders? I don't know. Like he's he's a yeah. very he's he's a complete nerd. Someone should have given him a wedgie. He's definitely the annoying one out of the yeah. out of the group. And then you have the little girl who actually is like a latent witch. Like she actively like Sophie. Yeah, because she at some point yeah. unknowingly like has a cookie hover towards her. For example, that mom yeah, has to well, catch. That, and that, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's kind of um, what Gwen. Um, when she finally admitted to Marnie, like, because Marnie kept asking, like, pushing questions at Gwen, like, you know, was I showing signs of magic when, like, just like how Sophie is and everything like that? And 
Gwen was all like, yes. And I um, like hid that from you guys because, you know, I wanted to protect you. I, you know, I wanted you guys to have a normal life and everything. When, so when did they have to use magic buying before they lose it all together? They... Uh, 13 is when, um, at least in this world, um, thir 13 years old is when kind of like, oh, oh, Cromwell, which should start their training. Oh, okay. Uh, otherwise, like after that, they don't really, um, I don't think they can really. So she was right on the cusp. Wields magic and stuff. So she, yeah. she was about to lose hers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and like and if why, you like, learn if you learn some before that age, then you can still do some of it, but like you can't learn any more after. Yeah. Like yeah. So yeah. um so. I don't know how much do we wanna just like talk through this whole thing or like we're almost we're halfway we're like kinda like at the halfway. When the monk comes, this is like the the sort of like uh oh big problems caused because uh basically so the mom and the grandmother get caught up in the big bad, right? Yes. I'm kind of skipping a couple of things, but essentially, they, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. they get yeah. caught. I mean, it's a decom, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's it, they get caught up in it, and like they're frozen, and so now it's all up to the kids to collect ingredients and cast a spell on this artifact. Uh, what was it called again? Talisman. It was Merlin's talisman. Yes. So they needed they needed um, to light the pumpkin they, in the middle of the town with the yeah yeah. yeah. At, at first, they didn't understand. Like at first, they thought that the Merlin's talisman was to be able to um, uh, free, like, their grandmother and mom and stuff like that. But Aggie, when while she was frozen in the movie theater, like, sh her, her, she was pointing. And that was kind of, like, a symbol on, like, where to put the talisman. And, and that's kind of when, like, Marnie remembered, you know, like, um, you know, where do you put the candle, like, in to light a candle in like on Halloween and stuff. And they're like the jack-o'-lantern. So, um, and then the big baddie came around and was all like, you can't defeat me. Yeah. <laughs> like really bad acting. Yeah. And, it, and oh my goodness. Overly dramatic acting. So Gwen, who marries a human. So technically the children are half witch, half human, but they all still show magical potential. So the, yes. the joke of it is, is the bad evil is her ex-boy. I don't know if it's actually an ex-boyfriend, but it's pretty funny to pretend. I mean, they don't really clarify it, but they... They, they like, definitely had a thing before. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was like, yeah. oh, no, it's who's now become the mayor of Halloween Town. He's the big evil. He wants to yes. revert it back to the yeah. to the days. His name is Calabar, by the way. Cal Calabar, yeah. Calabar. Calabar. Yeah, at some point they call him Chocolate Bar. I, like, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chocolate Bar, yeah. <laughs> um, like, that's a diss, like... <laughs> A chocolate bar. Yeah, this is... for, well, Calabar <laughs> kept calling Sophie Soapy. Yeah, like yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's Sophie. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, <laughs> and then anyway, so Sophie. they're like chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of that one Full House episode, another '90s fucking thing where it's like, I, I just like remember this because I I call Sudi this sometimes, but it'll be like like they were it was DJ and Kimmy in a fight and then. She was like, yeah, well, you're a geek burger. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well, you're a geek burger with cheese. <laughs> like, oh, my God. The brother. So fucking fun. The brother is definitely a geek burger with cheese. Anyway. Yeah, no, sorry. Yes. I'm like, yeah, Sudi's geek burger with cheese. Yeah, definitely. 
But yeah. So there's a big encounter, uh, and they in the moment because this magic, uh, Calabar's magic does a lot of things, but his, his evil magic, I guess, is freezing people. And just as he freezes, what's the oldest? Marnie was that the oldest daughter? He's yes. about to like he's shooting magic yeah. bolts at Marnie. Yeah, about to freeze her. Like she's about to like get in there on the pumpkin and like drop the thing in there. But yeah. And then it just happens to fall right in the right spot and it cures everyone of the evil yeah. Yeah. that uh, Calabar's been putting on everyone. And then so he's all pissed off. Anyways. Well, yeah, because and then all of a sudden you find out his real motive and he's all like, you could have had me when he was talking to Gwen. Oh. <laughs> you could have been my queen. Uh-huh. And it's all like, no, dude, that's the past that that's the past we 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 don't have to do that anymore so yeah like there's other lots of other available ladies here in uh in uh or men you know whatever or whatever whatever floats your boat like benny yeah. benny benny technically is you know whatever because it's just bones at this yeah. point so he's just bones yeah <laughs> you can make yeah, any, dude. you can make it work anyway with benny so i don't know anyway see what what was y'all's uh, favorite moment in the movie? Because I have one that I happen to love very much, and it makes me laugh every- to this day. Like, I can just go, like, watch the clip on YouTube and just well, so pee-, pee myself laughing. It's so funny. A- funny. So, honestly, I mean, I love all the parts with Debbie Reynolds in them because I love yeah, Debbie. Debbie like, Reynolds, yeah. She's great. Um I even kind of like the spats between Aggie and Gwen. Like, you know, you can just see, um, you know, Aggie just wanting her daughter to come and help her, you know. And, and there are ty- certain times where, you know, Aggie is all like, okay, Gwen, you know, you win. That's fine. You do you do your thing. I'm going to do mine. Um, but I think my favorite, favorite parts in this movie is when the kids um escape and they need to find the ingredients for the witch's brew and um so the ingredients they need is hair of a hair of a werewolf sweat of a ghost and a vampire's fang and, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and honestly my favorite part is between the the attempt on getting the hair of a werewolf because the werewolf is a hairstylist. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and Marnie is is like to Dylan, I'm gonna distract him while I keep him busy. You get the hair. Um. So. And Marnie just goes up to the werewolf and it's all like, hey, um, you know. Can you like hire me f- as like a par- part-time job and everything like that? You know, I I'm really good at like cleaning. Like I can just like sweep up all the hair, blah blah blah. And the werewolf's just like, no, I'm okay. It's it's fine. And then Marnie picks up the blow dryer, but it's more of a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then of course when they get the sweat of the werewolf, Dylan's all like. They're ghosts. How um um sweat of a ghost. Sorry, and he, Dylan's all like, "They're ghosts. They don't sweat." And then, lo and behold, ghosts do sweat. And that was that was a funny that moment that as ghost well. was like so like 
Oh yeah, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's all like that's nice. He's you like know. this mafia guy. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the little brother's giving him like, all these boring facts, woo. and he's just like, oh, is that so? Oh. Yeah, and it's yeah. all like, man, is it hot in here? Like, I'm cooking. And they locked him in that that like uh, case sauna thing, which you don't see anymore nowadays. But like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it was really funny. So, um, what's funny about that hairdresser scene is the werewolf is who's like the hairdresser is like kind of a a spoof on like um like really eccentric like uh male identifying hairdressers you know yes he's yeah, like yeah. he's like yeah baby you know what yeah, I mean? like, yeah. and so oh, like when they cut his hair right? he's like oh my god what did you do to my hair or whatever yeah but then and he then looks, he looks and he's, and he's like, like i think this is a good look for me he's like this is a new this is a new look this is great i i, I <laughs> don't get that at all because he thinks they they cut it off the back and he's looking at the front going ooh I like this and I'm like what what yeah. what is going on yeah. <laughs> anyways I also another favorite part about that is uh, when he turns around and he tells like the elf guy like oh no 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 sweetie like she's a shrub like take like you need to be delicate with her like no you know she was a herb not a shrub is what yeah, you say yeah 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 think of her as an herb not a shrub <laughs> just, a, just a bush sitting in a chair like right <laughs> anyways very um, very goofy like all very like would it would it would it really just hurt us to say hey dude can we have some of your hair we're trying to cast a spell you know well they the thing about it, and Aggie said it when they were about to go and grab the ingredients, um, she said that they have to be discreet about it. They can't just, like, go up and ask them to have it because – or else the spell won't work. So that's why oh, they kind of like, – Also that and, like, witches are, are – like I think the witches are a little bit more rare, too. So it's like you don't want to just give them an ingredient – you know, you don't know what they're fucking doing, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I don't fucking know what you're doing. Well, especially you after like, a certain warlock, Calibar. You could blow up the world or something, yeah. So, um, yeah. My favorite moment, dude, was when they go broom shopping. Oh, I was and the so, freaking sales guy yes. at the broom shop. Everything. So like, one character we didn't be. mention is there's this goblin or troll named Luke. Yeah, and. He disguises, he uses magic to disguise his face to, like, look like a normal kind of handsome guy or whatever. Um, and anyway, uh, he's kind of a jerk. He kind of, like, works for Calabar as, like, a thug or whatever, or, like, a henchman guy, which you don't really know. Um, but, like, uh, he was, like, bugging him, you know, at the, at the broom shop or whatever. And it's like, dude, ever since he got that nose job, he's been such a jerk or whatever, right? And... <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. That's, like, the whole thing. But, like, he bugs him at the broom shop, and they kind of shoo him away, and he kind of embarrasses himself and leaves. And then the the broom salesman guy is, like, a spoof on, like, a werewolf Elvis for some reason. Like, a like a really shady, like, wear a really nice suit car salesman yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, And so I don't know why he talks like Elvis, but he just does. Yeah. And so he's just, like, Luke walks away, and he's like, oh, man, that Luke dude, he's turned into such a wiener. <laughs> I fucking laugh every fucking time. Dude. I fucking no, like when I rewatch this movie, like I was picking up treasure from work, and I like I picture up. I was like, babe, so I rewatch Halloween Town, and I totally forgot about this part. And 
I'm laughing so hard in the car. I, I swear to God, we're going to get in a car accident. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, babe, like, keep your eyes on the road. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, it was so fucking funny. And I, <laughs> every time, like, even thinking about it now, I'm going to fucking pee myself. It's so funny. Honestly, like. He's turned into such a wiener. <laughs> like, that was kind of like the, we found the role for Nick. Nick, you've turned into such a wiener. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of the movie, Sophie calls him the Wiener Man, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. look, it's Luke the Wiener Man. Yeah. <laughs> the kids. What about you, Michael? What was one of your favorite moments, if any? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know if I really had a like the, the like. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but th- this was very campy. So, was there a favorite moment for me? There was something I can't remember. There was something that was like, "Okay, all right, Disney film, you got me, you got me." <laughs> I'm trying to think what it was. That's terrible, terrible podcast material. Anyways, I, uh, I, uh, I, the, the Harry or the, it's not the Harry Potter, the Mary Poppins esque of her freaking bag, always pulling stuff out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to go back some. Mentioned that last thing you mentioned about the salesman. Does, like, do people know, was, like, Harry Potter coming out, like, before or after this? Because those brooms, like, they have fancy brooms in Harry Potter. It totally stole it from this show. You know what I mean? Because, like, it's all I believe the... It was, I believe the first one came out in 97 as well. <sighs> so, like... Okay. So. Yeah, because they they had like the different like the the different designs like on the cover yeah. parts, the brush. They had to like and all that. In fact, I think the the man that that grandmother like spoils her grandkids. Mind you, she only sees them once a year, so I guess that's why. But yeah. she buys it like Marty like the most expensive freaking hot rod broom there is right there. So yeah. Anyways, crazy. But yeah, mm-hmm. the 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 bag where it's just like it's such a blatant trick, but it's like where it's just like. You're pulling out a broom, pulling out a Christmas tree, pulling out whatever, you know. It's just, mm. it, it was kind yeah. of dumb. So, what else? It is a really campy movie. Yeah, uh, after watching it again, like, just the script, like, the writing in the movie is is very cringe. Especially whenever Dylan talks. Like... Everything that anything that came out of that kid's mouth, I'm just well, so like, yeah. you, do you have to speak right now? Like, you don't know who I'm friends with. Like you, you better yeah. watch it. It's like, oh wow, we found out you're friends with Calabar. Ooh, spooky. Chocolate bar. Chocolate. Chocolate. Chocolate bar. bar hasn't gotten over Gwen in 30 years. Well, in his time, like 200 years. Holy crap. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Dunham, that guy. Uh, directed a bunch of stuff um, and was like he worked on Twin Peaks what and I yeah but I just found out something that I didn't realize before he directed Homeward Bound <gasps> aka no the way. best Disney movie of all time yeah that that was actually you know for funny for a family we didn't ever had pets growing up uh, but like that was a definitely like we I I my brothers were more into it because they're closer to your guys' ages, but yeah. Uh, like yeah, we watched that movie all the time. Well, that was his directorial debut. Yeah, I didn't know that because yeah. I was seeing what other I know he did other decoms, and I was like, oh, which other yeah. decoms did he, he do? He did again? Little Giants too. 
And yeah, which was like a premiere, Disney premiere one. Yeah. 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 My favorite one that he's done, probably this one, but I also do like the 13th year. 13th year is really good. Are you just talking D- How can you say this is better than No More Bound? What are you, a monster? The- oh, this one's. Oh, no. As far as decals oh, okay, go, okay, this okay, one's okay, the best okay. one. I see, I see. But Homeward Bound is probably the best one he's ever done. Like, Homeward Bound, man. We gotta do a cinematography on that one because fucking mm, Michael I don't J. Know. Fox. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cry in that. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I keep seeing freaking like TikToks and and like c- video clips of Homeward Bound and people just reacting to it and stuff, and it's just ma- it's making me cry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I could go back to this movie. Which, by the way, I love that TikTok is like on. You know, like we're in the age of nostalgia right now. For like the past five years, it's all been about nostalgia and stuff. And I love that younger people on TikTok are like, "Okay, I heard this is the shit. I'm gonna go and watch it." Or yeah. something. You know what I mean? And then they cry and react because they're more emotional than like we are. You know? And yeah, yeah. I'm pretty emotional as it is, so I'm like, "Yeah, that's right." It made you cry as a kid. It made me cry as a kid. This right. is what I went through, so you get to go through it too when you watch yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, 13th year. I just I just looked it up and I was just like, oh, that yeah, one. Mermaid the mermaid one. the mermaid one. But it was cool because like there weren't like mermaid was a really kind of girly thing back then. Yeah, and and the 13th year is is pretty much like about a a boy becoming yeah. a, a mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. And it like it and so it was a really it was and it was like, you know, it's it's these decoms are always centered at like general kids, general youth. So like there's not really they're not really gender specific yeah. really. But oh, like he did Double Team too. I love that one. That's cool. I love when they did like the real life and right based on, on the track. true story one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on track is good too, um, which is also I believe based on a true story as well. But um, the thing about like the thirteenth year was cool because it was just like, you know, it was about a a, a jockish kind of boy and he was turning yeah. into a, yeah, a mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Halloween Town was definitely like the thing about Halloween Town is so the decoms that came before it was brink you lucky dog and under wraps and so when decoms started becoming a thing i was like seven or eight years yeah i was seven years old yeah and so i started with the first one right but i think brink and halloween town were really the ones that made everyone be like wow these movies are actually really good and like so Mm -hmm. like because brink was like a sports drama right and like Snooze. not drama but like comedy Snooze. action fun um and then halloween town and then xenon was like it was like a sci-fi geared at youth kids right because it took place in the future oh no and whatever i'm just imagining um, what the special after this movie i'm just imagining what the special effects were like on that one actually they weren't that bad and raven simone was like 14 when she did it <laughs> like yeah, which, which movie you're talking about uh, Xenon. Oh, Xenon, yeah. Yeah, Zetus Lapidus. Yeah. <laughs> that was like their slang back then. That was their ex- exclamatory instead of us going, fuck, it was Zetus Lapidus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess it's not, I can't ask because of the, how young the actors are in these, because when you were talking about it's like, it's actually about a boy that was a merman, and I'm like, was he hot? But I guess I can't ask those kind of questions. Yeah, he was 13, he turns 13 and starts getting his scales. They're like, that's the whole thing. Oh. Yeah, uh, he was pretty cute, I guess. For I, you know, that sounds really horrible. For but at like, the time, at he was a cute age. kid, is what I meant. Yeah, like he was a cute kid. Like he was on, 
he was on Tiger Beach. You know what I mean? All the 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 teen girls were like, "Oh my god!" You know what I mean? Oh my yeah. god! Um, so this but, Halloween Town was such a success that they actually made see, two other movies. I'm <laughs> yeah. not counting the Return of Halloween Town because that I was, was gonna say there's a different actor and fuck that one. Yeah, there's well they they got an actor by the third one I believe didn't they? No, um, it was uh, Kimberly. Kimberly oh J. yeah, Brown. Halloween Town High was was Kimberly J Brown. Yeah, That's right. yeah, it was Return to Halloween Town, which um did not feature Kimberly J Brown. Yeah, yeah. Is oh. Debbie Reynolds in Return to Halloween High or whatever? Uh, Debbie Reynolds is in all of the Halloween Town movies. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, including Return to Halloween Town. Well, um, if you want to know what my partner thinks, I've been torturing her by pretending like we're going to watch the sequels. So, so I will say Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge is actually pretty good. Wait. Yeah, um, the Calab- Calabar's Revenge is actually like, it gets a little dark. It does, yeah. 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 It's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, Halloween Town High is okay. Not one of my favorites. Mm. Um, I mean, it's still worth watching and everything. Uh, it's kind of cute, but it's. I, I think honestly, it's really. It was a movie that didn't really need to be made. They could have just stopped at Halloween Town too. In in my opinion, at least. Yeah, Halloween Town High was kind of like Marnie's reaching that high school age, and they were she was deciding whether she wanted to go to a high school normally or in Halloween Town, and obviously she picks Halloween Town. But Calabar's Revenge was good, I think. Yeah, like I, the, I really liked that one. The fucking taking over the world spell in that one was just making everything boring. Yeah. It was like, yeah, everyone started like... Like, there's a part where Marnie's grandma hangs out with this troll guy, and they just like... Fold they socks. started sorting out socks. Yeah, and there's one part where he's like, "Oh wait, this one is a little shorter than this one." Yeah, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> well, we can put this in the uh, sort later pile. Okay. Yeah. This is like, damn, dude. Like that's even worse than like the, the thing before. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Demi Reynolds. Like one thing about these decoms is they always got some really crazy big star to play like a older role. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time. And so like um they, they you know, which was like a it became an opportunity, you know, later. Yeah. Like a lot of people were like read, they wanted so, to hop on that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, so um cat like production um after they received like after uh Sugar White Entertainment got the okay from the Disney Channel to to do this movie, they they began casting and the first person they cast for the film was Debbie Reynolds, and Debbie actually wanted to venture into television work. So this was like a perfect opportunity for her to do this. Um, so, and then that's and and then Kimberly J. Brown auditioned. She actually had to read the role twice before being cast. Um, and then. Yeah, and then that's when they pretty much got everyone else uh, mm-hmm. on board and everything. Uh, they filmed Halloween Town in St. Helens, Oregon, and uh, 
I have no idea how to pronounce that freaking town's name, but it's in Oregon as well. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Feel me on location. Uh, and oh, Skip Scapus or Skip Scapoose? Scapoose, Oregon. Um, and then the Knob Hill Riverview uh, bed and breakfast in St. Helens was used for the exterior shots of Aggie Cromwell's Halloween Town home. Her house was sick. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. should say the set design was kind of like they kind of went in on it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, their budget was $4 million. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, for a decom movie, it's pretty good. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the budget for this this movie was definitely huge. Yeah. With all the for makeup sure. and uh, the set design and stuff. Because, like, when you get taken into Halloween Town for the first time on screen, it's like you feel like it's pretty, you know, it's a separate place. Just like, you know, when you would, when you're watching Lord of the Rings and you're at the Shire, you know what I mean? It's like you're in there. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. The set design is really nice. It looks, you know, a little campy, obviously, and it looks a little, like, very, very cinematic, very, very kids film-like. But yeah. it still yeah. feels like a different place, which is cool. Um, So while they were filming a dance scene in the theater, Debbie Reynolds actually pulled a muscle. And Singer recalled Reynolds saying, you know what? I've been doing this for years and years. I've danced with pulled muscles and pain, and I'm not going to hold production up. Uh, singer went on to say how impressed how how impressive it was for the young actors on set to see what quote unquote real work ethic was. Yeah, she comes from a. Di- oh, that sounds that sounds horrible. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. she comes. She, Debbie Debbie Reynolds comes from a different time, where especially she does, especially yeah, yeah. to stay, you know. And I'm not saying like pull your boots pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing i'm saying the fact that debbie reynolds like to stay relevant as a female actress was hard and so you had to hustle more than say a male actor and it's not fair right but because of that it's just that's the way she kind of so that doesn't surprise me she just carried herself like that like it's just like oh no i gotta come on we gotta keep going right because but it's not right like they should have said yeah. okay no take that care of first and then but it, yeah it's disney they're not going to do that kind of thing so <sighs> yeah right cw so. crawford as the dentist creature who specialized on va- vampire fangs Ooh. anyways yeah. uh um so final thoughts and then we can move on to the craft okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna give my first thoughts because i'm gonna be pretty like kind of debbie downer uh, <laughs> jokes on you, Debbie Reynolds. No, uh, basically, hey. hey. So yeah, this this movie. Uh, for me, I don't have the nostalgia. It's very campy. It's not even like it doesn't even have a good '90s nostalgia to it. I would say like it was the Disney does a very good job of making it so like there's not a lot of telltale like signs of like the era that's filmed in which mm-hmm. is good for longevity but it kind of made it so for me it was pretty dull uh you know and so like obviously for what it is i think it's a pretty good production but for me as an older viewer i just i didn't find it really overly enjoyable like it was just kind of eh, you know yeah. it's at the end of the day like i don't regret watching it but it's just like 
it's not really something like I think you had to be growing up and watching it at a certain point in time or really big into campy like Halloween like lots of fun family kind of films for sure yeah um I mean even when I was watching it now at 32 years old I was just like in my head I'm like this is nostalgic for me because I I grew up watching this movie anytime um the Disney Channel uh showed the movie I always watched it yeah and um so that's why like it's great for me uh, but I'm kind of with you, uh, Mike, where it's it's very campy, like bad acting. Um, it's it's cringeworthy for sure uh, when it comes to the script and everything. But So, yeah. but anyways, that's why I just kind of wanted to get my comments out of the way so you guys can kind of end on a positive note of what you guys think. Last thoughts, final thoughts. Some. Some. Yeah, I think it still holds up in in that weird nostalgia way. Like, I feel like um, a lot of my friends now, like, that I grew up with are, you know, a lot of them are moms and dads now and stuff, right? So, and parents. And I feel like I've seen some of them show their kids this movie and they liked it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what matters, right? Because, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's targeted towards kids. So, like, it's definitely, like, a good movie to show your kids on yeah yeah and i feel like um especially people in our generation Mm -hmm. um and me and danny's like we want to hold on to that stuff so passing it on to our kids is the next best thing you know what i mean so then they can hold on to it and then they can show it and they can show it and i think i think as an artist that's like anybody's goal right like you make a painting you want it to be in a museum 30 years later you make a movie you want people to still watch it 30 years later you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. So I think that's, like, really important because, like, it's really important to say, like, this film came out 29, some, um, like, like 20, not 29, but, like, 20 to 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're talking about it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's important because, like, it, I feel like it's such a, especially a lot of people in our generation love Halloween. So right. and th- yeah. that this movie might be why you know what I mean like yeah it definitely yeah is a because it show, it showed like you know oh it's cool to be weird I mean look at Marnie she she's she is pushing to be the weird kid mm-hmm. you know she wants because she would constantly tell her mom like mom I like the weird stuff like why won't you let me go out and just be my weird self kind of thing so um. And I feel like a lot of us can relate to Marnie in that way. Even though I was like eight at the time when the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because like even the craft is kind of like that because the main characters are outcasts, right? But like. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm not sure why Danny put these two together. I think it was just like to fit as many films as we could. But like. It works out, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these two were definitely like, like, absolutely complete opposites of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the reason why I picked Halloween Town and The Craft together is because for next week, those two movies are kind of relevant to each other in a way, kind of, sort of. So, oh sure. Um, I and yeah, and plus like. 
last week when I did Ghostbusters with Ethan, like I kind of wanted to keep that together and everything. So yeah. Um, even though we didn't talk about Ghostbusters two, uh, we just talked about one. Ethan didn't have time to watch the second one, so we mm. we just talked about the first movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. This is the odd. But, this is the odd couple weekend. You know, it really is. Yeah, this the is, odd yeah, this is odd. This is the odd one out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's okay because I mean I love the craft, so you know it's like this is another childhood one in a way where like I didn't watch it when it came out. Obviously, because I, I mean, was, neither you know, did I. I was, I was six years old when it I was came six. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I we I watched it on TV like you know three four years later. Yeah, but so I never I never yeah. watched the craft when it first came. In fact, this so again, this is the first time watching it. But I remember it coming out and the influence it had, and I remember because I had friends getting into uh, Wicca and stuff like that at the time, right? And so, it, mm-hmm. like, there was definitely an air about it, um, you know, and also there. I mean, it, it was a surprise hit. Like it earned, so the movie released, uh, it's, it's theatrical release in the States was May, th- May 3rd, 1996 by Columbia Pictures. And it, the movie earned six point, um, earning, the movie earned 6.7 million in its opening weekend and 55.6 million worldwide. And its budget was fifteen million. Yeah, so that's a pretty good. It's pretty good. That's made a good chunk of change. So, like yeah. for as a teenager, like Joe's a guy, but that shouldn't matter that much. But like as a teenager at the time, this was this, and like think, I think back to Romeo and Juliet with, uh, oh, what's the actor's name? The the like modernized version of Romeo and Juliet with uh, Leonardo, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. That was another big uh, one. I can't remember the. I, I can't school. remember the female lead. Claire Danes. Yeah, like uh, like th- these were big teen movies when I was a teenager, right? And so yeah, yeah. like this definitely defines like a certain type. You're kind of figuring out who you are. You're, yeah. you're, you're you are who you are at this point. Yeah, like thing, and yeah. and and to the point where there would eventually be a backlash of like, oh, you're just like. You just freaking watched the craft, and now you think you're like Wiccan or something. Like it, there was, it, like mm-hmm. it came all, all the way around to the point where it's like, oh, you're just a poser. You just wear black makeup, and you know. Anyways, that's... and then the adults were like, "This is the devil." Oh yes, <laughs> let's not even get into the fact that like the Christian backlash against this was humongous. But that just that just encourages teens more to want to see this kind of stuff. They're like, "What? Right? You yeah. shouldn't see it, guys. Let's go see it." Yeah. Right? So, anyways. I mean, I mean, I'm interested to hear Mike's perspective because when I was at that age, you know, a teenager, the counterculture stuff that we had was like um, a lot of actiony shit, like Van Helsing and Underworld, and um, right. a lot of it relied on music and punk culture in my, at least in my area, and so like uh, that's interesting to hear that Mike had a similar experience and was was like a part of the 90s uh, backlash against witchcraft and the devil and goth culture and subculture and counterculture because like you know they were blaming Marilyn Manson for all the stuff the shootings mm-hmm. and stuff oh yeah that's and, right yeah well he's a, you know he's a jackass in his own right but like yeah it comes out after, you know, at the time everyone was like well he's not actually that bad a guy well he was but not he wasn't causing shootings he was a jackass for another reason right so yeah 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 and, but like you know they were blaming insane clown posse and blaming rock music you know, it got to a point where, like, by the time I was in high school, they were blaming scene music. They were blaming mm-hmm. My Chemical Romance. 
and yeah, like it, uh, so like it was Blink-182 it was shit. like n- nine inch nails and nine inch nails. Yeah, that was Rage a big Against one. the Machine yeah. and like this was like the beginning of the anti globalization movement, right? Like it was sort yeah. of like Rage was big for that stuff, but like that was the kind of thing like anti establishment kind of uh, stuff. So it it's interesting where it fits in there and definitely like back to nature sort of like to a point of like Wiccan but like just finding spiritualism outside of Christianity was starting to become big again in the 90s and so you see this movie kind of playing off that things right Uh, yeah and it's in some ways watching it it's like oh man (laughs) like it's like okay well we kind of missed a mark of this but that's okay like it, it feels like a very much a pop sort of like view of that stuff but it's a very mainstream yeah because like it, it, it yeah exactly like they, they had some basic understanding but they really took it like to the nth degree where it's like like they just have to do a couple things and ooh, look at the powers of making things levitate and stuff but anyways it's yeah or they really take what witchcraft is in the real world and blend it with like what i like to call media witchcraft yeah, yeah. which okay, is how so it's let's... displayed in halloween town yeah we kind of, we kind of, but yeah, sorry. Let's yeah, actually yeah. talk about what the craft is first. Yeah, no, it's about, uh, it stars Robin Tunney for he's a bulk, Nev Campbell, written Rachel True. Such awesome so, you know, Campbell. the 90s, especially for he's a bulk and Nev Campbell, obviously. But like, um, this girl, Sarah, lost her mom, and so she moves into a new house with her dad and stepmom, and, goes to a new school and then starts hanging out with these three outcast kind of girls and they start doing witchcraft like they go to this um uh store after work and buy witchcraft stuff and a book and such yeah yeah so and it starts changing their lives really hardcore because like they start doing they start like tapping into like kind of uh devil yeah they start stuff. they start the girls start worshiping a powerful deity they call mamon so and um and and pretty much the three girls before um sarah came came in the picture um uh nancy bonnie and rochelle they they were looking for their fourth so what they meant mean by they were looking for their fourth they they uh they were talking about um north south east and west yeah so their witches yes. coven so. their quote unquote witches coven which they needed four members right. for to uh yes uh, sort of like finalize yeah. yeah to do all their like rituals and everything like that so really so. i don't think sarah sorry was it sarah the main character yeah, Sarah yeah. is is pretty much the person you follow throughout the story. Right. So she wasn't. I don't think she was too interested. She kind of gets pushed in because uh, the '90s loves portraying teens as just like the most like horrendous people ever. And don't get me wrong, teens could really be assholes, but they always like to take it to the nth degree. And so we see like the extent to which Sarah barely there for like a day or two and guy trying to make some moves on her. And then when she's like, kind of like, no, I don't want to go that fast. He turns around and makes all these stories. And, you know, she's basically being picked on at school. 
right? Yeah. And, yeah. And so she's finding herself isolated, so she ends up starting to hang out with these other girls who are kind of, as Sam said earlier, outcasts, right? And, yeah. And, yes. and that's where they kind of, like, they, they kind of, like, because at first she's kind of reluctant to go into it. Yeah, she wasn't really all that interested in, you know, witchcraft and everything. Um, but then that's kind of, you know, the false rumors of Sarah and Chris. Like, Chris pretty much just said, oh, yeah, I had sex with Sarah and she's terrible in bed. So, um, and he was a complete asshole. So, she, like, obviously she got her feelings hurt because, you know, she kind of liked the guy in a way. Like, he was kind of like the first person to go up to her because she's new at the school and stuff so you know she kind of put trust in him uh a little bit and he betrayed that trust because he tried to get in in her pants and she said no yeah so he was played by skeet Allrich, by the way yeah, yeah. nev campbell and skeet Allrich. shout out scream Ghostface, uh, so it's funny too because lisa was like oh my gosh this guy was like hot for like a hot second, basically. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And then he it, still is. He still and is. And then he kind of disappears off the. But like, I don't know what he does after this, but. Yeah, he doesn't do much, but he was. This he is not did really Riverdale. He did Riverdale a little bit. Oh, did he? Yeah, um, and this is not really a spoiler because it's in the. It's kind of in the beginning, but he does appear a little bit in the new scream as like a spirit, kind of. Oh, cool. Nice. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. No, he's hot though. He's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's yeah, he's still me. he's still active. Um, he has like three movies coming out. Actually, um, he two of them is in post production. One is called Blood, and the other one is called Supercell. Those two are in post production, and he's currently filming. A movie called Salvation. He must be almost. And he must be almost fifty years old at this point, because he's fifty-two. Holy, like this is this is always the thing. Like you can tell they're all twenty-something actors playing teens. Oh yeah, yeah. None of them are like in high school. Yeah, yeah. At all, they're they're like in their twenties. <laughs> What's a, I will say, like in the new scream, he didn't look fifty-something. Like <laughs> he didn't he, like, you know, he was only in a couple, you know, scenes, but like he did not look. Uh, yeah, you know, they might have used some CGI to make him look a little younger, though. He, but, he didn't look fifty, if yeah. you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. Um, but yeah. So yeah, we go. Oh, I can't. I just did the um. Anyway, sorry. I the the uh. So we go. They start practicing witchcraft, and they're basically rewarding themselves. Like, are they they're turning their lives around, right? Uh, I don't know how much detail we want to go into. Like Bonnie. Is the one with the scarring from a fire or something like that, and she yeah, basically no yeah. Campbell's character. yeah she's yeah. able to she got into like an, a a car accident kind of thing oh was that okay and then uh, yeah so she's able to heal herself um man also like real what was the uh, what was the black girl's character's name R- Rochelle. Rochelle holy smokes like like I was like. When the girl comes out, I don't want to use the term that she used. Like, comes out to her, like, and says, "Why did it's it's big racy yeah. uh, bullying?" Yeah, like, like um, literally uses the like, yeah. basically n word swear slur towards her. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Not only not only that, but that character who played Laura Lizzie, that is uh, Ben Stiller's wife. That's Christine Taylor. 
Yeah, Christine Taylor, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Ben Just Stiller was like 40 at the time of this. Literally, oh, you know, literally, no, like, like, this movie has a lot of big name actors it in does. it. It does. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Before they, like, you know, yeah. they did popped bigger off. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she gets back at her bully, and then Nancy was like, I don't want to be white trash anymore. And. Nancy just she didn't really like she just wanted power. Well, yeah. she, uh, so I, I, honestly, I feel like at a, so they did a seance. They they cast their spells. They they um, they went out um, in the middle of nowhere. And the famous line that everyone knows uh, when they get off the bus, uh, you know, and the bus driver is all like, "You girls, be careful! There are a lot of weirdos out there." And Nancy goes, "We are the weirdos, Mister." So. Um, and they go, they do like their kind of, um, sister blood ritual. And that's kind of when, um, Sarah casts her love spell against crit on, on Chris. Rochelle casts a revenge spell on, um, Laura Lizzie. Bonnie want, uh, casts a spell for beauty so that she can, um, you know, obviously be beautiful and not like be embarrassed of her scars and out of the four of them, Nancy is pretty much, at, at, of my opinion, Nancy is the most selfish and she just wants power. Yeah, she does. She wants Mama's power, pretty much. But she she, so. she does definitely do a thing because, like, that's what happens. Like, she wants to, like, get all poverty first. And that's when her, like, mo- wife, her mom's boyfriend or whatever keels over and they get the, the they're like, $175,000. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like they thought yeah. they were so rich. <laughs> I know, that they was like, on, what the fuck would that Well, be? back then, you know, yeah, back yeah, then yeah. probably had, you know, better buying power. But <laughs> yeah, like they cash in on his life insurance. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, he, the, like, it's, I guess he, like, she's the reason he dies? Is that right? Is that the impression we're supposed to take away? He just has a heart attack. Yeah, but like, so this is like the part where I kind of wanted to, uh, talk about how they kind of did a mixture of like actual IRL like witchcraft and song. mixed it with like right yeah so I actually do witchcraft. have like some behind the scenes stuff that um what they did throughout the movie um they actually hired a real witch to help make the film yes yeah um you know because they wanted to they wanted this movie to be more authentic and and true to like real life uh coven kind of wicca pagan stuff so they they did hire an actual witch um to help with like all all of the the rituals that go on in the movie and everything um they use real snakes and bugs and um they a lot of like creepy things happened during the ritual scenes um one so like on this article it says we often hear scary stories about weird things that happen behind the scenes in horror and horror movie sets but the craft seemed to have its own collection of bizarre uh occurrences too according to an oral history of the film by um by HuffPost uh some pretty freaky stuff went down during the film of several uh ritual scenes during the calling of the corner scene, 
when the girls have assembled on the beach to recite their incantation, the ocean waves kept putting out the fire they had made. <laughs> According to the director, uh, Andrew Fleming, it was it was just this odd thing where when the girls started the incantation, the waves came kind of came up. And at one point, a wave came and wiped the whole set out. So... The ocean was like, mm, I'd also heard yeah. that unexplained yeah. stuff that was happening. It was just like, don't mm-hmm. put that shit yeah. over us. We don't want that here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I was what I was gonna explain was just for the people who don't know, like I'm not gonna talk about my witchcraft because I like to keep it private. So I'm not gonna. T- if you want to ask me about it on Discord, I'll talk to you about it. But I don't want to talk about it on here. Um, but like witchcraft in real life is done many different ways and everybody, some people do it differently. I'm mm-hmm. sure the way I do it is different than, you know, uh, you know, maybe how Danny does it. But like, so a lot of it is like manifestation and thinking and invoking things to happen. And so like the kind that I practice is meant to twist what is supposed to happen into happening it the way I want it to. And so a lot of what they do in this movie is that, and so there's times where, like, they mix it around, though, with, like, what I like to call media witchcraft, which is, like, what, how they display it, like, on, you know, like, in Halloween Town and uh, other witchcraft movies where they're throwing magic bolts and shit, you know what I mean? Because there's one scene in particular where they're kind of messing around, and uh, Sarah changes her hair color on, on the spot. Like, she, like, just brushes her hands back her hair, and she becomes blonde or whatever. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. That's not real. Like, obviously, like, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know. She also like, changed her eye color and stuff. And when she did that, like, she told the girls, like, look, my eyes, my eyes are brown. They, they're they usually green. And they're all like, eh, that's not impressive. Like, yeah, they're like, do something bigger. Give, do something bigger. And then she's like, okay, fine. Also, fun fact. Um, what's her name? Uh. Robin Tooney, she actually had to wear a wig during this movie. Yes. Because yeah. before she filmed this, she filmed Empire Records and her character shaves her head and she legitimate shaved her head oh, wow. in that yeah. scene. Which it which it works out because like, you know, the hair color thing yeah. worked yeah. out. But like uh yeah, that like that's not real. <laughs> right, <laughs> like in the yeah. the light as a feather stiff as a board thing, some people claim that they can do it um in a chair uh but like that's i've never been able to do that and i'll and obviously like i don't want to say the things that i have done and have worked because you know who knows it could just be placebo but that, that that's like part of it yeah right if it like if it is placebo and it does work then then it doesn't matter right that means it works even so like even me and my partner remember that the, the stiff of the board and light as a feather like that's like almost like urban legend kind of thing Right. Yeah, 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 which is like the first thing they do in it, which is funny, right? And so, like that, this really, this movie really popularized it, like like Mike said, in a way where it was kind of like it brought it to the, it brought it to the mainstream kind of, and it you know people of counterculture were like, oh, you know, um, I I never thought it was you know that real as a kid. It was only recently I started practicing, but like, Same. and again, like if you want to, yeah, if you again, if you want to talk to me, talk to me about it, ask me about it. That's fine, but I'm not going to talk about join it. Join the Discord, but yeah, yeah just go mm-hmm. and join the Discord. But yeah, like it's 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 still like the craft 
in general because of the nostalgia is still like a big reason why we watch it and i kind of like refell in love with it again when trisha wanted to like watch it again when we first started dating and i was like yeah dude actually i really like this movie let's let's watch it and now we watch it like all the time so it's just like it's part of that thing we want to hang on to from the 90s i think also but the witchiness part of it is also probably our favorite part of it obviously um we just we, we just she just showed me the movie the witches of eastwick and that movie was hilarious <laughs> that was a good movie um but like 90s witch movies are great I'll just say that right now. They're amazing. Even if their portrayal of them is, you know, wrong or Yeah, that's whatever. You still enjoy you know? it. But like Yeah. Yeah, I still enjoy it, yeah. Oh. Shout out to Cher. Shout out to Cher. Do you believe it? Okay. Love after love. <laughs> um But yeah. Oh damn it, I did it again. Okay. I'm curious to hear Mike's like his thoughts, like, like his main thoughts on it, because really like watched it, because you never time. watched it when it was a thing, right? And no. then obviously when it was a thing, there was a bunch of hoopla about like, oh, you're watching the Devil's Movie hoopla. and blah blah, and there's a bunch of brouhaha or whatever, and you were like, ah, get over it. But you didn't, you still didn't watch it back then. So, so I'm curious to 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 like hear what you think of. Well, it's because actually it's fun because I was a friend with, I guess, male Wiccans. And and they're all like, oh, that movie, like, really, uh, you know, like, it was kind of like, oh, we don't want to watch that one. So, anyways, I don't know. So, I never ended up watching it. But the, the um, I, couple things. So, I mean, just to jump towards the end, like, I was kind of surprised. Like, I knew, well, the tags were right there, suspense horror, when I was playing it. And <laughs> and so, like, I, I kind of knew that it was going to go places, but I didn't know exactly how. And so... When they started turning on Sarah, because Sarah was trying to rein them in, because she's like, you know, this is going to come back around on us, and it makes sense. There's mm-hmm. there's a natural order, there's natural balance, and so by pushing things, you know, by causing Chris to become your love slave, by causing what's her name's hair to fall out, by causing you know, all these other calamities upon other people, right? You you kind of put nature out of balance, and so it's going to balance itself. Yeah. And but the problem is, it's going to balance itself on you and specifically the the sort of uh, experience which at the store tells them it's going to come back threefold on you right yes. and so yeah so like one sorry let me pause you for a second one big rule that we have is the rule of three or the rule of nines or the three 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 yeah. rule don't do something unless you are ready to take it back threefold yeah right so right. i'm telling you just for anyone who's aspiring out there please don't fucking do it yes yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't. Okay, anyways, go ahead, Mike. Well, <laughs> my also number one, honestly, like, I mean, for me, also as as a witch, like, I do not want, like, my craft is not to do harm on people. Like, that is just not something I do. I kind of just let nature take take its course. Like, yeah, karma will get you eventually. Like, I'm not going to do anything to that. Yeah, it should be. So, it should be for bettering yourself, not for for tearing. Exactly. Other down. Yeah. It, right. it, I mean, it helps me. Like, I freaking have uh, candles that I, you know, I do candle rituals. I do like I. I even have a candle that I didn't even light uh, to find a house. And the minute I bought that candle, we bought a house. I didn't even have to light it. 
And I already found, when we found a house. So do you get any red candles? Mm. No, just, sorry. No, no. Because, <laughs> yeah, she buys some red candles at one point, which are for love. I can't remember what the black candle's for. What was that for, Sam? Do you remember? Protection. Uh, I don't have uh, protection. There's uh, Black you can actually use, like, for general, but, like, Yeah, same thing with, and... with white. White is, is a general kind of... I don't have my grimoire in front of me. That's okay. But, like, that's how I have everything written in there. But, like, yeah. I'm curious the color candle that Danny bought to make her. It was a, it was an orange one. I, I, so oh, okay. when I bought it, um, my coworker, who is also a witch, he told me about this place in New York because I was visiting. And this uh, shop makes custom candles. So when, when you go there, um, you tell them what type of kind of sp- um, spell you want to enhance uh, on you or whatever. They ask for your name um, and your zodiac sign. So for me, when I went there, um, you know, I wanted something to boost our chances of getting a house. So and how they designed it, they just made a house and they asked for my name, they asked for James's name, they asked for my zodiac sign, and they asked for James's zodiac sign. And they just put our names in the little house, and then our zodiac symbols were on the back of it. And they just like, I'm pretty sure they they like cleanse the the candle. It's a pretty large candle. I'll take a picture of it later and I'll show it to you guys. Um, and there's like a pentagram. Uh, you know, like a pentacle on top where the wick is, and they just put glitter around it and stuff. It's it's gorgeous, and um, I actually got my friend who recommended me this place. Uh, I got him him a candle because he wanted one too. So it they were it's all customized, so which is cool because then you yeah. don't have to put your own sigils and shit in it, right? <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. So um, which is like you're probably wondering, okay, well then what's Danny's rule like three 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 that happened well they did have to fix it up a lot when they first moved in so that's probably what it was yeah it didn't you know it wasn't anything major because danny probably did everything right so you know um but yeah sorry mike i like interrupted your thought but you were talking about when things come back to bite you and sarah was warning them and yeah so it was interesting how quick it turns against sarah so essentially the three basically like uh like start being like aggressive towards her uh nancy at one point tries to seduce uh who's the chris Chris, in order to help her forget about you know what's her name but she doesn't really like like malice way like she basically turns her face into sarah's face yeah so like to fool him into it and so basically like she starts trying to cast a binding spell to bind that she's not able to harm cuz she ends up in that spot killing Chris by basically like not pushing him out the window but I well maybe I don't know actually he flew out he flew, like yeah. he kind of yeah he kind of flew out so and then it really got to me is the fact that like Nancy's trying to blame Sarah for it later on anyways so the the moment that Sarah tries to bind Nancy from stopping from hurting anyone else, right? And so at this point, you can see Nancy's, whether directly or indirectly, been the cause of multiple people's death, right? So obviously she's, like, a harm. And so she tries to bind her so she cannot cause any harm to 
anyone or to herself, right? Uh, I guess they get wind of it that she's trying to do that, and so they start basically cursing her as a result, right? And so this is mm-hmm. where like the kind of the horror movie aspect comes in, and they play up this whole thing where they basically like you know. Uh, pretend like she ran away, so her parents are flying back to San Francisco, and the plane crashes, and her parents are dead now, and so you should just kill yourself, because it's all your fault, and like, you know what I mean? And so this goes for this whole thing where there's all these real insects and snakes and all these kind of things, like, coming out of the walls and coming out of her and all this sort of stuff, and she's having all these terrible dreams, and it kind of comes to a head when... Once again, she kind of goes back, and I'm now all I'm doing is explain the end of the movie. But it kind of <laughs> it kind of surprised me a the fast how fast it turned. I thought it was a horror movie. I thought it was going to be like a horror movie where they're basically going through and torturing the whole school. You know what I mean? Like I thought that was going to be the horror movie, and it ends mm-hmm. up being really it ends up the three of them focusing on Sarah, right? And that's where the horror elements come from. But then. At first, Sarah goes to, again, that senior witch that's running the store. And she kind of explains how she can counteract this, right? By using spear magic or, or like, basically. Right. Well, I mean, because she kind of sensed the the shopkeeper. She sensed that Sarah definitely has a higher entity power um, because she can sense that. I mean, her mother, her birth mother, was probably a witch too. So, yeah, but, they kind of reveal that her birth mother might have passed on some kind of like really kind of a powerful cleansing kind of power to her. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of when um, the shopkeeper kind of brings Sarah to the back where the her altar is and the the pentacle on the ground, which that whole scene is just awesome i love that scene and, and so like um, yeah the, like it's tying into like ley lines and like where the points of power are i think that's the term right i can't remember exactly but like at the the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. like she specifically located her store there because there is a point of power at that location right yeah but yeah there are sp- like in witchcraft there are there are ways for you to place your altar they usually say to place your altar in true north kind of thing if possible yeah yeah yeah. and um but the funny thing is and so like and they they make reference to the fact that sarah is really powerful because she ends up like early on she talks about how she's able to do things if she really wishes for it hard enough but it's always like a monkey's paw kind of situation where it's like mm-hmm. what you say. It comes back in, in threefold because it always ends up. It's like if she wants it to rain, suddenly the pipes will leak and her room will flood, right? Yeah. Like Or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So she's obviously has an innate power that's very strong. And at first she's refusing to kind of go through with this. And so she's being tortured by the girls. And finally, in like sort of her darkest moment, rather than, you know giving into despair and committing, you know, like what they're trying to push her to, to commit suicide. Uh, she instead chooses finally to accept Manon and uh, mm-hmm. like essentially goes badass, you know, which also was kind of fun. I was kind of happy. I was worried that she was going to kind of play the victim right up to the end or something. And then she just totally turns around on them. Right. Oh yeah. So, yeah. 
that's that's really cool. Well, I mean, she realized that you know, Nancy, excuse me, Nancy is abusing the power that was given to her. So, um, so Sarah kind of wanted to stop that because it was just really getting out of hand and everything like that. And and pretty much in the end of the movie, that's kind of what happens. Um, so. So. I, I kind of enjoy the fact that the, I appreciate the way it ends uh, and frankly just because of my uh, I also like the fact that like uh, I guess they're leaving are they going back to San Francisco in the end is that the point they don't say where they're moving but they are that they, they did move like out of that house yeah yeah, yeah. so like uh, like I it it's I'm glad because it kind of puts Sarah in a position where she's kind of more uh, what's the term I'm looking for but she's more self she's more self strong essentially like you know what I mean she ends up being mm-hmm. a better person at the end so yeah yeah the other the... well she I mean out of the four of them Sarah definitely had more of like level headed yeah yeah and, and kind of sense like yeah this is bad news like I don't like this um, you know, we really like like she was kind of like the voice of reason, really, throughout the movie. Like, this is not something we should be messing with, kind of thing. Um. So, but of course, the other girls were were just like, m- you know, they were being selfish. They wanted, you know, they wanted to make sure that people didn't make fun of them anymore because they were the outcasts and everything. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that, I, that part I really liked. I, I kind of, like, it feels more, like, it, at first it felt like, oh, this is going to be, like, a really bad, like, we're going to turn teen witches into a horror theme kind of thing. But it kind of pulls mm-hmm. it back at the end. I think it kind of leaves a positive message with the way Sarah acts out and realizing just yeah. kind of bringing balance to all those things. So uh, yes. I appreciated that fact of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are so I don't know if who wants to take over. Some sounds like this is super important to you, uh, as you've already mentioned, because you and Trish like to love it to watch it a lot. Uh, Danny, what's maybe the the significance to you, or what do you like about it? Or so this movie I didn't watch when I was a kid. I didn't watch it as a teenager. I watched it when I was a lot older, uh, more so when I was 30, uh, kind of when the sequel came out really, or maybe, yeah, yeah, or maybe like a year, a year before or two before the, um, before Legacy came out. I didn't Um, didn't know there was a See, I watched it at the wrong time. I watched it when I was trying to like be a part of the counterculture, and I was like, "I'm an emo kid, right? Not conforming yeah. as can be. You'd be not conforming too. You'd be just like me." Yeah, I did. And so then I wanted to like I wanted to like dive in further into. Yeah, that I I did not watch this when I like again when I was a teenager and stuff. Like I I wasn't even on the spectrum of this kind of thing. Um, anytime I saw something that involved witchcraft, I was like, "Oh, that's cool," and just moved on. Sure. Um, I, it wasn't a part of my life yet. Uh, 
so plus it's a 90s movie and i love 90s movies and there are still a lot of iconic 90s movies that i still haven't seen and the craft was definitely one of them that i it was on my list for me to watch so and when i found out that there was going to be a sequel i was just like okay this is a perfect time for me to watch it and everything um so my first time watching it it was uh, like it's like what you said mike it's super 90s like you can tell that it's a fucking 90s movie the soundtrack the soundtrack (laughs) alone is like everything 90s trisha Uh. listens to the soundtrack so much so now i'm like at first i was like god man like yeah i get it you love the soundtrack but now i'm all like no, nah, it actually hits the hits different. <laughs> yeah. Um so the the article that I found like 20 things uh 20 wild details behind the scenes of the craft and the direct so the cover for the craft the director wanted the girls to look like they they were in the cure like that whole kind of like them in Love all it. black just like them walking up and then there's like the rain and thunder behind them and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, when I read that, I was just like, oh yeah, that's, I can see that. Like that's, that's a punk element right there. Um, Andrew Fleming definitely wanted this to be like, like this is different. This is not your typical, you know, teenage, like girl teenage movie. Like this is punk. Um, so, and it's it's a well-loved movie like i mean it's it's a cult classic yeah it's regarded as a cult classic and i think that's another reason why people wanted to do a sequel to it which came out in 2020 because mm-hmm. yeah, i had no clue yeah. like i said like to this holy smokes yeah like like i said like the past five years people have all been about nostalgia right so like that's all we're getting sequels and reboots to everything lately, you know. So that was this is just one of those which I haven't seen yet. I wanted to watch yeah. it, and la- last year me and Danny were going to do a cinematography on of the this crap, one and the like, sequel. Like, yeah, yeah. And we just didn't get around to it, yeah. but we probably will at some point, whether it's this month or some other time. But yeah, yeah. I really want to watch it. Um, I mean, I didn't really hear great things about it. Like my neither, fr- yeah. my coworker who pretty much helps me with my craft and stuff because he he has been in in this for a very long time longer than I have so if I I have any questions like he's pretty much my go-to person to to ask questions so and he loves the craft like that's his that's one of his favorite movies and um, you know, I asked him about Legacy, and he's all like, no, I hated it. It was dumb. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> don't tell me that. All I know is, like, because I, I don't want to spoil it for myself, but, like, in the trailer, it does show a picture of Nancy. Like, they were, it was like she was in a news article or something. But, yeah. like, at the end of this movie, she goes to a psych, a psych ward. Because, yeah. 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 So um, that that's kind of why, like, I'm just, like, I'm curious, like, what what happened between the events of the end of the first movie and the events that happen in, in legacy. Like I, I'm curious on, on how Nancy is in that news article kind of thing. So, um, yeah. 
I just also want to say Feruza Bulk, who plays Nancy, is one of my, my biggest childhood crushes. I love her yes, so much. Yes, she's so great. And like, <laughs> it like, so a lot of people, they joke with me. They know me as the person who cuts people, right? Like, jokingly. like You are Nancy. Love, yeah, because I love knives, right? So yeah. knives are, like, the thing I collect. And um, she has this part in Waterboy where she's, like, oh, this rebel God. kind of you biker chick. kill them? Yeah, and she's like, do you want me to cut them or do you want me to kill them? And then just like, no, 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 don't, don't. Like, so Waterboy yeah. was when I first was introduced to to for, uh, for Zabalk. For Zabalk. Yeah. 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 Dude, she's so fun. She's great. She's amazing. Yeah. So she's actually a Wiccan, too. Yeah, like, in real life. Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. She plays. Which is like, uh... sorry, go ahead. She plays Dorothy Gale in Return to Oz. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I gotta go back. Well, that's such a freaky movie. Anyways, sorry. I just I, you know I was looking at while you're talking and no 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 no, no. yeah because yeah. I wanted to see. Um, go ahead. It sucks because um, she I thought she was really hot in American History X, but she's playing like a Nazi, so it's like ah damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But just like her look, you know what I mean. But like, yeah, no fuck Nazis. But like, she, like yeah, she's she's. She's got a very distinct look to her, and yeah. she does such a good job in this role here. Like she is. Oh, she does. Like, yeah. Like she is freaky, man. Freaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trisha has this shirt where it looks like um, it looks like a '60s B movie horror poster, but it's the craft, and like, ooh. and it's by Cavity Color, so you can't get the shirt anymore because he releases him like, as like a limited run. But like the, it it's like Nancy floating, um, because she's floating at the end, you know. It's like she's floating towards you, and then having she's got the knife in her hand, and it's super cool. It's super sick. Like I, I'm jealous. But it didn't come in, it didn't come in quad fats, so I couldn't get. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I hate. I like, know that yeah, picture well. Big. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Do we want to talk about our favorite parts and then wrap it up? I want to say my favorite part is probably the ending. I like the ending. The climactic, like, home invasion scene, and the three of them are trying to get, you know, Sarah, and then mm-hmm. Sarah turns it on them. And then just the ending in general, like Mike said, like what Mike said, she, like, she comes into her own, she realizes who she is, and she accepts it, but she doesn't. she knows that she doesn't have to, like, turn out like Nancy and the other two. She can right. just she can just exist and live her life and yeah 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 i like i like that uh mike do you want to say your favorite part so i think or if you have anyone yeah like i think uh i already talked so much i feel terrible for talking more on it but no you're good don't don't feel bad this is the whole point no see i talked i talked too much so like that's why i was trying to be quiet (laughs) as much as i could to let you guys talk yeah stop it um (laughs) Yeah, I, I, like, like that was my kind of thing. Like when, when Sarah kind of turns it around on him, that was like the part where it's just like, yeah, kick some ass. Anyways, but no, I mean, like, that's not the point. But I think she, she turns it around well on them, and the fact that like, she doesn't really, I, I don't think they actually lose her hair or the scar comes back. They just see it like as if, oh no, this is what's gonna happen. To oh, us. it's and, just an illusion. Yeah, and yeah, they, and they yeah. Basically, it's not. It's it wasn't real. Yeah, and they basically take off, but. Uh, 
in the end, they end up losing their power, which I think is what really it comes down to is the fact that they basically abused it. So they lost it kind of thing. Right. Right. And, yeah. And, and that's pretty much what Sarah tells them. Like, you know, because they, Bonnie and Rochelle asked Sarah, like, Hey, you know, did you, did you lose your powers too? Cause like, we don't, we don't have, we don't have ours or anything like that. And, and she kind of, Sarah kind of said like a very discreet, like not like a straightforward answer and um and that's kind of when like bonnie and and rochelle was just all like she probably doesn't have them anyway and that's when like sarah kind of like turned around and like the freaking um uh sky turned gray and like freaking lightning hit a branch and it fell literally almost in front of them and sarah was all like you better watch it or else you know you'll end up like like Nancy. Yeah, right. So. Because they, they, they're, yeah, they're being really, like, chatted, like, or jaded, even at the end there. We're really like, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So. So. I think the other part, what I, I appreciate, like, when they go, they ride the bus out into the wilderness and they have that thing, right? That, yeah, honestly, that whole, so, my favorite part is, is kind of, like, everything that happens after the bad stuff starts like to really like shit starts hitting the fan. Like I, in general, I love this movie and everything. Um, but my favorite is when they kind of like go on the bus, they go in the middle of the nowhere and they do their, their spells. Uh So that is like my favorite part, especially with the famous line that Nancy says, like we are the weirdos, mister. Like, I speak that uh, that quote everywhere. So, by the way, I just want to mention, and I'm not going to say names, but in the last, we'll just say the last year, somebody did come into the Discord and say, "I don't like going to anime conventions because they're full of weirdos." And I literally replied with that GIF. I was we like, "We the are the weirdos." weirdos. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Which is really funny because like that sound and the. You don't even exist to me. Right. Uh, sound are really popular on TikTok, and that's what's getting a lot of TikTok kids to watch the movie. Oh, shit. And that makes me happy. That's really cool. That's funny. Because like I remember, because Trish is on TikTok and I'm not, but like you know she'll scroll through and I'm like, wait, is that is that like from the craft? And she's like, no, it's like really popular on here. And I was like, oh shit, like that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I was really lucky because as a teen growing up. Um, I lived kind of in the inner city, but I went to a high school that was more in, like, not the suburbs, but it was, like, out in, like, a older sort of residential area. And it just so happened to be, like, right next to a huge track of, like, wilderness. So it was, like, forest that went into marsh that went into basically, like, a, a, like a secluded bay. But because of that, uh, I got into lots of trouble, like, wandering around at nights in the wilderness kind of thing and coming up on either places that were used as rituals or going to do things i'm not going to get into details because some things we probably shouldn't have done but anyways it was it reminds me very much of that like those sort of free days of like wandering around and being little shits you know yeah Uh, and do you know doing some good and doing some not so good and you know like that and the wild parts of uh canada i guess so yeah all right um Final thoughts on how 
we like the movie. Um, Mike, why don't you go first? It's, since this was your first time. Uh, yeah, watching yeah. it. Yeah, I kind of feel bad now. It took me this long to see this. This is a good movie. I recommend people go and check <laughs> it out. Like, I think uh, it does it age well. There are parts definitely not like racial slurs, but you know what? Honestly, maybe we have to kind of go back to like, yeah, people are like this. People are complete, and like she just right, yeah, she, right, like yeah. like 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 let's not <laughs> let's not sugarcoat it. Like she is racist, and she comes out and just says it basically. Like yeah, I hate you because you're black, you know. Like it, but not in such a nice way. I think that's part of it too, because like the part of town they were in was kind of like a more yeah, it like and you know white dominated right place. and yeah. and they're in la and la had race riots and you know like mm-hmm. like not that long yeah. before this and totally understandable so you might say oh this that's hard to watch well guess what that's reality you know what i mean so even in this i sense, mean that's honestly literally what happened back then too right. like it's yeah so it's really yeah. honestly like we we don't have to sugarcoat it like it doesn't exist because it still exists absolutely 100 percent. so, so. I, yeah. I think in that sense like yes it's hard to watch but i think it's not a bad thing to watch and i think it's just like it it has a good lesson to it. Like, so yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's definitely, it, it, it oversteps boundaries. Like, and that's why I think the movie is so great to, to show that racial bullying, like flat, f- like full on flat, right in your face kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. not like Hollywood is trying to sugarcoat it. Like it, like literally Christina Taylor's character flat out, like, tells Rochelle like I hate you because of your skin color yeah yeah so yeah. and that's why I think it's a great movie to show especially even though it is from the 90s and everything like that it, it's still I feel like it's still relevant still a problem yep yeah 100 yeah. yeah. so that's that's my take awesome Sam should we should we ask you on your take and final thoughts yeah, no, I love it. I love this film. I've always loved it. I loved it for a long time. Like I don't even yeah, I don't even need to say it. Like yeah. <laughs> ten um ten producer bollocks out of ten, in my opinion. Like nice. it's one of those it's it has that uh like Danny said earlier, it has that uh cult status. You know, like it was pan- it not panned, but like it didn't do well um critics wise. And this is another one of those reasons where you shouldn't listen, listen to, to critics. critics. Yeah. Um, you know, you should watch it because so kids now, right? TikTok kids now and all the newer generation now, when they go back and watch it, you know, I'm sure they're feeling they are feeling the time a little bit, like oh, like this is how it was back then, and whatever, and that's cool. But like, you know, you obviously it's not a big deal, as big a deal as as the what's in the rest of the movie, you know, the main parts of the movie. So like, it's. It's fine, you know. It's just a cool. Mm-hmm. That to them, it's a cool nostalgic horror film or you know teen horror film. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, for me, that's what it was too. And so, like, it's just cool that the newer, the younger gens, the, these damn kids are getting to these experience damn that. Kids. You know, <laughs> like that's why. Like one thing I hate. I'll just say this right now. One thing I hate that I also see on TikTok often, and I don't necessarily hate it. I do think it's funny. Um, is when, uh, you know, millennial TikToks are asking their kids, okay, what is a rotary phone? 
or what is a yeah, Walkman? Yeah. Things like that, right? Yeah, and they they'll like show them thi- like they'll show them pictures like of a cassette tape, and they're like, "What is this? What is this? Yeah." And they're all or like, "I don't know." Oh, they'll ask them, yeah. Or what is a burnt CD? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like things like that. Um, I I I don't like generational gap thing shaming. Like I think yeah. it's like there's that there's that thing. This is totally irrelevant, but kind of relevant to one of my point is um, when Billie Eilish would like go on. She like went on Jimmy Fallon or something, and they he was asking her like, "Oh, do you know who this is? Do you know who this is? Do you know who this is?" And he like embarrassed her, mm. and like she came back on the show like you know six months later or something, and she was like, "Dude, like just so you know, that 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 shit you pulled on me last time was like messed up, like that was bogus, you know? Because it is, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're not yeah. gonna fucking let's not fucking shame a child for not knowing something they didn't fucking grow up with. Yeah, yeah, you know." I mean, it's and, a, so, I, and, and it's kind of the same thing with like with us millennials and stuff. Like how boomers will tell us like certain things that happen. Oh, back then they, this was real music. And yeah, whatever, yeah, and, yeah. And it's all like, okay, boomer, like you know, get out of here. So yeah. So aside from like the joke TikToks where they're like, oh, what is this? I think that's a little funny. But like actually shaming somebody for not knowing like what the craft is or water boy or whatever, whatever. They are growing up with a whole new generation of actors. Right. You yeah. know, and yeah. that we then we grew up with. So, like, it's different, right? Yeah. What I do appreciate is, like, nostalgia. You know, a lot of millennial TikTokers are like, dude, these are things that I grew up with. And then the sounds become popular. Yeah. Because one yeah. kid decided to watch the craft and go, I'm going to record this sound. Yeah. And then, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. make it popular on TikTok. I, I appreciate that. I think that's really cool. I, I'll, I'm going to bounce off of you about the whole, like, generational gap shaming and stuff. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, of course, like, I I was just picking up on whatever was relevant for when I was growing, on what I was growing up with. As I got older, I started to, I started to do my own research because I was curious. You know, I, I like documentaries. I love the historical kind of like pop culture documentaries, like, stuff that happens in the 80s and stuff that happens in in the 70s and the 60s and all that kind of stuff so that's kind of when I start to kind of go back in time and go and start watching older movies uh this is kind of what I was talking to Ethan about uh, on the Ghostbusters episode like there are some like 1950 movies that I absolutely love um, and not that many people talk about 1950s movies anymore. Nope. Um, because they're kind of irrelevant because that was like a whole different time period, especially in Hollywood, because a lot of stuff was different back then than it is yeah. uh, in from like the 90s and moving forward and stuff. Absolutely. So access to information when we were like. Eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. It was so was limited. As, what is what is not no. as big? Yeah, like yeah. obviously the internet. The internet was a luxury back then. You right. Know? So like, right. Um, you know the the way we had to like discover old movies is by walking the movie store, the video store, or yeah. our parents telling us about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was kind of our generation that was trying to like hang on to that stuff when it was passed to us, and then you know, so yeah, I think that's that's why it's up to like podcasters and other YouTubers and critics like us to like. Be like, by the way, you should check out Breakfast at Tiffany's or whatever. Or yeah, the you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, so. you know what's funny? I just like, oh, 
there's something I was listening to podcasts, and it was it was interesting that I realized it used to be the fifties used to be eternal. Like for the longest time, it was like it was always cool to be into the fifties. Like it was never like from the eighties onward. But now it's kind of disappeared. It's faded off. I mean, there's still a bit of that Billy, uh, what do you call it, Billy Rock kind of thing. But it's mm-hmm. not to the extent. And I realize it's because the boomers are dying off, right? Those are the people that were like, the 50s were the best. You know what I mean? Like the ones that came up in that generation. But they're, Yeah, they're... I mean, well, I think it's even the, the generation before the boomers that kind of were in their 20s. Yeah. Um. In that year, uh, like my grandparents, for example, when they were alive, like they were in their twenties, in the fifties, like that's their time. Right. They're all and everything. So and they're they're practical. Like that generation is dying off. Yeah. So that's like they're not gonna they're not here anymore. So it's now become like the eighties has become that new sort of. It's always Generation X. Yeah. Generation X is is coming it's, is coming up. So So that's now the 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 sort of like the eternal cool, I guess. Because yeah, yeah. 80 started becoming big jeepers. It's been like over a decade now. Like we've seen like 80s nostalgia stuff being played off of. And it's Yeah, I I'm starting to see 80s nostalgia and then a little bit of early 90s nostalgia yeah, coming which is out fun now. because that's was... my coming of age time was like I was like a teenage like you know I graduated in the 90s so it's kind of cool to see that 90s stuff come back now mm-hmm. see that's really weird because in my area I don't know I don't know maybe it's just me but in my area a lot of stores are catering to the 90s stuff yeah yeah like a, a couple of years ago before actually before the pandemic happened um, there was a store in our local mall that started selling Reptar bars from oh the Rugrats. <laughs> yeah, so like we're really like big on '90s shit here. There's a lot of collectible stores now that are like starting to carry um, '90s toys as more collectible stuff, which sucks because like I was like starting to collect like Game Boys and portables like three, four, five years ago, like really like get back in the hobby, and then it became popular, and I was like, fuck, yeah. And so then the, the prices of all of them started going up, and then I would like. Mike would like sending me send me pictures of like of like Japanese like Yahoo auction posts. I'm like, fuck, I don't have the money for this. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, let's talk about the freaking inflation in the collectibles market right now. Like, it just no, sir. Yeah, no, no not, yeah, right now, not, not right now. Not right now. Yeah, right me now. and Mike are going for hours. Let's, let's, let's right get now. into the, no. Yeah, actually, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> I need to go to bed. Yeah. Like, what is it? Mike was like, check out this limited edition Wonder Swan. I'm like. Wonder Swan. Uh, Who was it that was showing all the clamp special editions? Or I I, like, and I was like, I need that magical right rear thing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I do not have the money for this. So, I need the Ray Earth. Yeah, I need the Ray Earth Game Gear. I need the Card Capture Game Boy Color. Oh my God, so much. So all right, so much. Anyway, let's let's go. Like another two hours. Let's go. No, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. Um. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Mike, for hopping on and yeah, doing a cinematography spooky edition with me and Sam. I hope I, I again. I hope I'm the Cinnabon was... to your cinematography. Oh no! I, honestly, like I think this was a really great episode. Okay. Um. I, I I love it when I grab people who've never seen, like. I guess like iconic movies like like these two, for example, to watch for the first time. Like I, I love to hear their 
like initial thoughts and their first impressions on the movies and stuff so instead of me and and Sam just nerding it out and, and just being geeks about the movies and why we love it and stuff <laughs> did you get your ratio so. of being cut off enough or do we need to get nick in here no okay no no we're good we're good <laughs> no no um but yeah uh thank you guys i hope uh everyone enjoyed this um spooky month cinematography episode along with this week's episode that should already be out along with this one and next week you will be getting hang on i gotta look um next week's where is it ah hold on uh next okay next week is going to be the last hollywood holly hollywood i can't speak right now halloween cinematography um uh, episode and it's gonna be the original halloween movie and nightmare on elm street and i'm gonna be doing that with earthworm <gasps> So. Okay, you know what I should do is actually, you know what? Can I just say my Halloween thing right now, just just in case I'm not on it, just in case I'm busy? Oh, you know what? I am busy because I'll be at a wedding this weekend. LOL. Shit. Okay, no, I'll no, say this we're right gonna now. be. Um, Sam, I'll tell you when we're going to be recording that. So. Okay, Michael Myers, best flasher. He kills everyone. Shut up. LOL. <laughs> Freddy, more like spaghetti. More like oh, Getty, a lifey. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, Jason Voorhees. Jason Whohees. Jason Snorzies. Oh, my God. All right. We're not doing Friday the 13th, though. It's just Halloween and, and Nightmare on Elm Street. We're doing it now. Chucky. I'm not going to talk shit about Chucky because I like Chucky. But, no. Michael Myers, best slasher. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck you. He kills everyone. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, and we will see you next week. Later. Stay spooky, Love, my friends. Love you. Love you. Bye. Ooh, Ma- Michael Myers has the most on-screen kills. <laughs> <laughs>